Welcome to Living For Him podcast, where in every episode, you are invited to experience the joy of a life in Christ. I'm your host, CJ Cousins, and in today's episode, it is my prayer that the primary emphasis and goal of the following message is that you hear and respond to the good news about Jesus Christ and his kingdom. So whoever you are and wherever you are, thank you for joining us. I invite you to listen with an open heart, subscribe for future episodes, and stay tuned for some next steps after this message. Enjoy. Last time we were together, we talked about how to get ignited for Jesus Christ as a follower of Jesus Christ. And we were looking at the first two invitations of Jesus that he himself gave to his first few disciples in order to be a model for us on how we need to actually be followers of Jesus and how we can invite others to be followers of Jesus. And so we looked at those first two invitations. The first invitation was connect with Jesus and grow with Jesus. But today we're going to look at the next two invitations of Jesus, the third and the fourth in this two-part series, Get Ignited. We want to know how to not just get ignited, but even stay ignited for Jesus Christ. And so what I want to do is invite you now into the scene for the third invitation of Jesus on how to be a follower of Jesus in order to stay and get ignited. All right, so come with me now to Luke chapter 5, Luke chapter 5. Now, the first two invitations that we looked at last week Those two invitations were at the early stage of the Judean ministry of Jesus, the first 18 months of Jesus' ministry. And what we're about to look at next in in the Gospel of Matthew, and here as we're going to look at in Luke chapter 5, we sometimes think that this is pretty early on in the ministry of Jesus. So we we sometimes read it and it looks as if uh, this is the first time he's encountering uh, these disciples that we're about to look at right now, one in particular. But the truth is that actually when you study this chronologically in the Gospels, you'll find that what we're about to read, this third invitation of Jesus that he gives to these same disciples that we looked at before with the first two invitations actually happens at a little bit after the, after the first two years of the ministry of Jesus. All right, so let's come right now to Luke chapter 5, Luke chapter 5, beginning in verse number 8. When Simon Peter realized what had happened, he fell to his knees before Jesus and said, Oh, Lord, please leave me. I'm such a sinful man. For he was awestruck by the number of fish they had caught, as were the others with him, his partners James and John, the sons of Zebedee, were also amazed. Jesus replied to Simon, Don't be afraid. From now on, you'll be fishing for people. And if you read in Matthew chapter 4, Jesus will tell these same disciples, I will make you fishers of men or fishers of people. This is the story where uh, Peter and Andrew, his brother, and they were in partnership with the sons of Zebedee, uh, James and John with their father, and they were fishing around the Sea of Galilee near the city of Capernaum. And they were fishing all night long. They didn't catch anything. And then they're amazed because Jesus, by the next day, tells them to throw their nets on the other side. And reluctantly, Peter says, okay, I'll do it. 
And then when that happens, you know, there's this miraculous amount of fish that are caught. And so we're now brought into that story here. They're awestruck at this miracle and Peter feels unworthy in the presence of Jesus. But here's what you need to understand. This is not the first time that Jesus extends an invitation to these people, these followers, these individuals, these characters that we just talked about, that we just looked at, Peter, James, John, Andrew. These are some of the same people we just looked at in the first two invitations of Jesus. They'd been with Jesus kind of part-time following him, part-time apprentices and part-time mentees of Jesus, if you will, for about 18 to 18 months to two years. So what's going on here? Jesus is giving them another invitation. This is the third invitation of Jesus into discipleship. He's taking them to the next step in the journey towards being a follower of Jesus. And what he does is he tells them, I will make you a fisher of people. In other words, Jesus is extending the third invitation of discipleship, and that is fish with me. Fish with me. You see, you get ignited as a follower of Jesus when you yourself and when you then extend that same invitation to others to fish with Jesus. Fishing with Jesus means that you're using your gifts to serve with Jesus. To serve with Jesus. You're not merely serving for Jesus. You're serving with him because you're co-laboring with Jesus. He's doing it with you. He's the one empowering you through the Holy Spirit. And so Jesus is gifting you through the Holy Spirit. When you receive him through the gospel, he anoints you by the power of the Holy Spirit and gives you gifts to be used to serve other people. But what we often miss is not only does the Holy Spirit gift you with gifts in order to serve, And not only does Jesus say he will make you fishers of men, it's something he's going to do, but it's done in the context of mentorship. It's done in the context of of a mentor-mentee relationship. The Holy Spirit brings someone into your life that that gives these invitations to you, right? That that, that is someone that's been following Jesus for, for a little bit longer than you. And what's supposed to happen is that person is supposed to bring you alongside them, show you how to do that thing. You may be anointed by the Holy Spirit to do it, But you need often somebody that's going to bring you under their wing, that's going to show you how to do this thing, show you how to use your gifts, and coach you, mentor you in how to use your spiritual gifts so that you can bless other people. And it's not just something you do in church church circles or or a service or in a building. Uh, It's for the church, yes, but it's also in the world, in your neighborhood, in your family, your profession will likely be influenced by your spiritual gifts. You know, it reminds me of when I was trying to figure out what God was calling me to do. Uh, I was going in the direction of human resources in business. And there's all kinds of reasons why I was choosing that path. But here's the bottom line. I did a career, uh, career assessment uh, test, and it gave me three options, and I ended up choosing one of the three, which was human resources. Now, at the time, when I was looking for work while studying my undergraduate degree, in business, majoring in HR, I was looking for work in HR. I was trying to get a part-time job to get some experience. So that by the time I graduated with my degree, I would actually have some experience to go with that degree. But here's the thing. I wanted a paid opportunity. I wanted to make some money part-time and not just do it for free. And I kept coming across some volunteer, unpaid, um, kind of shadowing someone in HR. 
Um, but I would constantly reject those opportunities because I wanted to get paid. And you're probably saying, CJ, what's wrong with that? Well, there's nothing wrong with that, with one exception. And that is, I missed the opportunity while I was in college. I missed the opportunity to shadow someone, to watch someone who was doing the very thing that I felt called to do at the time that I wanted to do. I missed an opportunity to witness somebody else doing that thing that I wanted to do. And that's valuable even if you're not getting paid for it. There's something about watching somebody that is using their gift, their skills, their abilities to do the very thing that you feel led to do, that you feel called to do. Okay? And so here's what Jesus is actually doing. Jesus takes these disciples with him after this kind of invitation Fish with me. I will make you a fisher for people. I will show you how to use your gifts so that you can reach people the way I do. And he does this kind of thing to a lot of people in a mentor-mentee relationship or teacher-student-master-apprentice relationship kind of do. Here's what he does. He basically says, hey, watch me. I'm going to go and heal people. I'm going to go teach and preach. I'm going to go socialize with people and go to their, their parties and their social gatherings. And watch what I do. But then he invites them into it. And then he says, now you do it with me. And then as they're going about life and they're coming across situations and they're serving and they're healing, Jesus then, and you read this in Luke chapter 9 and Luke chapter 10, he now empowers them through the anointing of the Holy Spirit to do the very same things he has been doing. He gives them the power to preach and to teach and to cast out demons and to heal people. And he now gives them the ability to do the very same thing that he was doing. And then he starts to back up and allows them to keep doing it through the anointing of the Holy Spirit. It starts out with 12, and then later, as we're going to see in a little bit, it goes to 70 people. And it's the same thing that Jesus is doing in and through your life as a follower of Jesus. If you've received the gospel of Jesus Christ, and if you're in a relationship with him, if you're following him, the Holy Spirit has gifted you with gifts to be used to meet the needs of people in the world. The Bible says that your gifts make room for you. In Romans, it says that your gifts are irrevocable. So regardless of where you are in life, you may feel like you don't add up, that you got all kind of faults. Don't worry, join the line. The Holy Spirit has still gifted you. Your, your gifts are not going to be removed. The Holy Spirit wants you to give your life fully over to Jesus so that he can use those gifts in your life, in your profession, on the job, in your home, wherever you are, to bless, to meet. You are wired for a purpose. And we're about to discover what the purpose is, why he gives you these gifts. It may be singing. It may be technology. It may be, uh, it may be the way you speak and communicate, hospitality your generosity, your smile, your sense of humor. There's all kinds of ways that the Holy Spirit gifts you and has wired you to be able to meet the needs of people in the world. And you'll find yourself the most fulfilled using those gifts, not just in any way so you can get a paycheck or so that you can make friends. Or No, you're given those gifts for Jesus and the establishment of his kingdom in your spheres of influence so that you can connect with people, so that you can meet people's needs, so that you can serve, right? You're serving with Jesus. But there's one more invitation that Jesus gives you. And before we go to that next invitation, I also want to let you know that you can also do a spiritual gift inventory. I always kind of 
share, share with people um, a, a, a website that you can go to where you can discover what your spiritual gift is, and then, then you can align yourself in a ministry or you can start serving in an area that you've been gifted in. You don't want to be miserable trying to do something that you are not wired to do, like a circle trying to fit into a square. You want to do that thing that you've been gifted and called and are passionate about and feel fulfilled in doing because you know it's meaningful. You know it's meeting the needs of other people, right? And that's the kind of thing that takes that fire inside of you and it takes it to the next level. It just keeps burning and burning because you're fulfilled doing what you're doing because you've been wired, you've been gifted by the Holy Spirit to do it, and you're doing it in order to bring other people to Christ. That's what we're going to find now as we go now to Luke chapter 9. Luke chapter 9. Jesus is now with the 12 and other people that are following him on the periphery. And now in Luke chapter 9, beginning in verse 22, Jesus is now going to unfold for them the true meaning of what it means to be Messiah. They were wanting a king that was going to get the Roman oppressor off their backs, right? They were looking mainly for a military government leader, but he wanted to now give them a clearer insight into what it meant for him, the Son of Man, to be the Messiah. Now pay close attention to what Jesus is now going to tell them. This is after two years of following Jesus, okay? Watch what Jesus says in beginning in verse number 22. The Son of Man must suffer many terrible things, he said. He will be rejected by the elders, the leading priests, and the teachers of religious law. He will be killed, but on the third day he will be raised from the dead. Then he said to the crowd, watch this. If any of you wants to be my follower, that's be his disciple, you must give up your own way. Take up your cross daily and follow me. If you try to hang on to your life, you will lose it. But if you give up your life for my sake, Jesus said, you will save it. Now skip down to verse number 27 and 28. Jesus says, I tell you the truth, standing, some standing here right now will not die before they see the kingdom of God. About eight days later, Jesus took Peter, James, and John up on a mountain to pray. Oh, man, watch what Jesus is saying here. He says, you want to know what Messiah is? You want to know what it means for me to be the king of Israel? You want to know what it means for me to really be Messiah? It means a cross before a crown. It means sacrificing my life for the salvation of others. And he says, if you want to be my follower, you need to be like your teacher. You need to be like your rabbi. Take up your cross also daily and follow me. Jesus said. Now, you, you got to understand how absolutely revolutionary, how absolutely countercultural, how absolutely unintuitive this invitation was. Jesus was, in essence, telling them, I need you to enter into a way of life that is self sacrificing. Self sacrificing love. As a matter of fact, this is the fourth invitation of Jesus. You see, if you want to be a follower of Jesus that is ignited for Jesus Christ, Jesus gives you the most challenging invitation that he gives his disciples when he's making disciples. He says, sacrifice with me. Sacrifice with me.
following Jesus means following in the way of self-sacrificing love. Love even of the stranger, love even of your enemies. Self-sacrificing love. He says, if you try to hold on to your life, if you try to live for yourself, your own ways and not his ways, and his ways are love. If you try to live being selfish, right? You try to live holding on to self. He says, then you're going to lose it. But if you live a life of self-sacrificing love for his sake, he says, you'll find life. You'll be fulfilled. You'll find joy that lasts. Self-sacrificing love. This is what it means to sacrifice with me. But notice Jesus also takes three disciples with him to a special experience where they get a representation of the kingdom of God. We know this is the story of the Mount of Transfiguration, but notice he takes three particular disciples. He takes Peter, James, and John. And I wanted to highlight this for a moment because in the context of self-sacrificing love and this invitation to sacrifice with me, Jesus takes three. These three are a part of the 12, that tight-knit group, that small group, that Jesus is pouring into, that he's investing in. He's preaching and ministering to crowds, but he's primarily investing into the 12. But watch this. Within the 12, he primarily invests in the three. Don't miss what I'm saying to you right now. Within the 12, there are three that he is primarily pouring into, replicating himself in as key leaders. Peter, James, and John. It happens all the time in the Gospels. And this is what I want to leave with you as a model that Jesus leaves us in how to make disciples. This is the fourth invitation. Sacrifice with me, Jesus says. And you sacrifice with him so that you can go with him. Go with him. Go is echoing the call of the Great Commission to go and make disciples. How do you do that? Jesus says it's through self-sacrificing love. And as you have that type of Christ-like character of self-sacrificing love, that, 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 you're, that you're about others, you're about Jesus' kingdom, you're about him and you're about others more than you are about yourself, you're living for him, then what that's going to do is it's going to draw people to you because they're going to see Christ in you. And you're going to need to invest prayerfully into three key people that Christ is calling you to disciple, that Christ is calling you to lead those people to come and see to follow Jesus, to serve with Jesus, right? You're called to pour into primarily three people. You see, it's kind of like the marriage relationship or being a parent or having a friendship, a long-term friendship with somebody. It takes self-sacrifice. Any, any meaningful relationship takes self-sacrifice, right? And it takes investment, it takes investment in these relationships that mean the most to us. And Jesus is saying, I want you, like Jesus, if we're going to follow Jesus, if we're going to be like Jesus, I believe right now there's at least three people right now in your life that Jesus wants you to pour into, to show how to follow him, to say, come and see, and then to say, follow me, right? Paul said in 2 Corinthians chapter 11, verse 1, or I believe it's either 1st or 2nd Corinthians. He says, follow me as I follow Christ. Imitate me as I imitate Christ. In other words, Jesus uh, has you as his follower, right? Going into the world, finding people to invest in, mainly three. So that as you 
develop a relationship with them, as you develop a, a mentorship, a spiritual mentorship type relationship with them, a discipling relationship with them, you're actually modeling for them what it looks like to follow Jesus. Now watch this. Oh, this is exciting. This is how we make disciples. See, what you do is you pray for those three people. When, when the Holy Spirit reveals to you who those three people are in your life, you start to pray for them. And watch the Holy Spirit give you more and more opportunities to have more meaningful conversations with them that ultimately lead to you hearing their story, then sharing a little bit more about your story in order to lead them to, to Jesus' story. Your story that you're going to tell them after you've listened to their story is for the point of connecting with them in a place that you have in common so that you can say, hey, I've been through that too, and here's what made the difference in my life. I met Jesus. I received Jesus, and he's made a difference in my life. And when you do that, when you share your Jesus story, it leads to his story. You can start telling them about scripture. You can start telling them about the good news of the gospel so that they can come and see, right? So that they can take step one, respond to the first invitation. And once you start to have three people like that that you're investing in, they may be somebody that, 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 that goes to church, but they've never been discipled like we're talking about right now. You'd be surprised. There's a big difference between membership and discipleship as membership is practiced today. All right, what Jesus is asking us to do is counterintuitive to the typical church culture, to be quite honest with you. And if you really want to go to the next level with Jesus, he's inviting you. He's inviting you to sacrifice with me so that you can go with him. And it's by pouring into a few. Because watch this, look what happens. If you pour into just those three people, and they start to replicate the same process, and they now start to pray for and pour into three people, guess what? Like Jesus, you're going to have a group of 12 people, a small group of, of disciples that are making other disciples. Because you would have invited those three people to respond to the first invitation, come and see, so that they can connect with Jesus. And then you would have invited them into the second invitation of Jesus, which is to follow me. Make this relationship official. Start now to follow the ways of Jesus in community, in a small group, whether in person or online. And then you, you invite them into that third step. And that third step is fish with me. Jesus is out there right now fishing for people, reaching the hearts of people, and he wants to put you, based on your gifts by the Holy Spirit, based on how you're wired and the very things that you're gifted to do, he wants to put you in the pathway of people so that you can use those gifts to reach people, to bring you into the environments where those people are so you can use your gifts to connect with people because then he wants you to invite them into the fourth invitation of Jesus to discipleship, and that is sacrifice with me. It's by self-sacrificing love that we draw the hearts of others to start investing in three key people like Jesus did. Because when you invest in three people and they start to invest in three people, you end up with a small group of disciples that are now making other disciples, and it begins to multiply. Those two uh, those three people can become nine additional people. And apart from yourself, you've got a small group of 12. And if that continues to multiply, you've got what Jesus lived out in his own ministry. Because Jesus went from 12 disciples 
And then in the last few months of his ministry before the cross, he went to 70 that he sent out. You can look at the story in Luke chapter 9 and Luke chapter 10. And the groups just continue to multiply. So if you want to learn more about this, if you want to learn how to get ignited, if you want to know what it means to really be a follower of Jesus, we'd love to help walk you along that process, to coach you along this four-step, next-step process of what it means to be a follower of Jesus so that you can get ignited and so that you can stay ignited. Thank you for listening to Living For Him podcast. I pray that you were blessed by this message and that you experienced the good news of the love of God revealed in Jesus Christ. I'd like to personally invite you to respond to this good news and take the next steps in following Jesus by clicking the prompt in the description. I've also created a resource to help you experience the joy of a close relationship with Jesus called the Life in Christ Daily Devotional Journal. If you'd like to experience Jesus daily, watch the good news of his story unfold throughout scripture, and do this as a weekly small group gathering, then get your copy today in print or ebook by clicking the link in the description. Living for Him exists to tell the story of Jesus for the equipping of healthy disciple makers who extend His reign of love. If you'd like to support the further development of this exciting ministry, then I encourage you to become a monthly supporter by also clicking the link in the description. Your support is greatly appreciated. You're also invited to like and follow us on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter, Subscribe to this podcast and subscribe to our e-newsletter by visiting our website at livingforhim.tv. Lastly, we kindly ask that you write us a review on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or any other podcast platform you're listening to us on, and share this podcast with your friends. I look forward to meeting you here again in our next episode, where our desire is that you experience the joy of life in Christ. Once again, I'm CJ Cousins, and I'm living for him.